What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Thank you for tuning in to the inaugural episode of Wannabe Walk-Ons, a Nebraska football and craft beer fan podcast. I'm Ben, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host, Drew. Thanks, Ben. Uh, Each episode, we will sample craft beers, both local and beyond, while sharing our Husker football thoughts, hopes, dreams, and what we've all become familiar with these past 20 years, fears. We encourage you to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Wannabe Walk-Ons for the most up-to-date show information. And please subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform or listen to each episode on wannabewalkons.com. On this week's episode, Drew and I will introduce ourselves and the podcast. We'll talk a little Husker football. We'll travel to Hardington, Nebraska to meet the state's newest brewery, Big Hair Brewhouse. And we'll tell you how to win a game-used Husker football at the end of the season. Nice. Uh, Can I win? Absolutely not. Then I quit. Well, I'm Ben. And I'm disappointed. And that's Drew. And this is Wannabe Walk-Ons. Theme song. Theme song. Theme song. Theme song. Here we are for the very first episode. Welcome. 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 <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. We are happy to have you here. Um, we've got so much stuff for you this very first episode that we need to get right into it. And I have a question for Drew first and foremost, and this has absolutely nothing to do um, with the podcast. It's not even on our outline. Okay. And I'm throwing it at you in the wild. Improv is my strong suit. Yeah. So, so um, for the past like two weeks... My family and I have been fighting over something. Okay. And I just, I want something on the record. We were watching the uh, Gymnastics Nationals. I asked the question, how long would it take with the best trainers in the world, everyone pulling for you, everyone in your favor, for you to land a backflip on a balance beam? 12 days. 12 days? Max. You, 12 days for real? Yeah. I said 18 months. Okay. I think it would take me 18 months to get I, into shape. I, I think I think very highly of myself and the resources that you're giving me. So So like what you, in day 1 you're going to just learn how to backflip and then <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm really going to start with steroids, I think first oh, okay. and foremost, yeah, build up that mus- muscle. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Nothing makes you more nimble than bulking <laughs> muscle. <laughs> I literally don't understand athleticism so yeah the I'm balance beam by the way is four inches wide so you're doing Jesus. a backflip and you're landing on on a four inch wide balance beam okay i can work with four inches <laughs> <laughs> my grandma today asked what a podcast was and i don't think i'm going to tell her at <laughs> this point think, i don't think either of us really know at this point based on our our current recording well 
then that's a great segue into why are we doing this? Why are we doing a podcast if we have no idea what it is? Well, we have we have some idea of what it is. Um, so why are we doing this, Drew? Why why did you agree to to go on this uh, on this journey with me for a Nebraska football and craft beer podcast? Sure. Um, you know, honestly, I I didn't want to at first. So I'm very much outside of my comfort zone, um, but we're covering things that I love, you know, Nebraska football and craft beer. We're spending time together, which is always uh, good. And I think with uh, the past year or so with COVID, everything shutting down, it's kind of made me realize um, that I want to go outside of my comfort zone to experience things and enjoy life. Um, And so that's, uh, this is the first step. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that kind of speaks to um, what we both talked about, right, is, is, recreating the communities that we miss and, and um, celebrating those communities in the craft breweries and the game day environment and what it means to be able to watch a football game with friends. I know a lot of people may have taken that for granted. And with with COVID and with the, the pandemic, they were watching games by themselves or they were you know not experiencing Nebraska football the same way. And, and um, so I think this is our celebration and this is our way of saying, hey, you know, we're going to reinvest more than we ever have as far as our time and our energy talking about that, but also talking about the drinks that we consume during the games and the environment that we have around that. Oh, yeah. And and I think try to build or at least connect with the community on our, our terms, you know, the way that we um, enjoy it the most. So yeah. anyway, why, why are you doing this podcast? Um, well, you talked about some of the reasons. Another reason is I'm worried about my marriage. And <laughs> if, I, if I say... Uh, Cam Taylor Britt to my wife one more time. Um, she might divorce me. You know, I, I talk so often about all the different players and who I'm looking forward to seeing. And, oh, did you see this hype video that so-and-so put out? Or did you see uh, this Instagram post that so-and-so made? And and my wife goes, you're obsessed with college boys. And I say, careful how you <laughs> phrase that. I'm, I'm not obsessed. I'm just an, a fan, which is short for fanatic of college men. Which is synonymous for obsessed. Yeah. Well, so. you know. That's good. Let's save your marriage then. Yeah, let's, let's, let, let's, let's, say, let's save the marriage. Um, but yeah, I mean, we love the Husker community. We love Husker football. I mean, uh, game day is, it, it, there's nothing like it. Um, you know, I remember when we um, went to the Ohio State game, or the, excuse me, the Wisconsin game late in Mike Riley's tenure. And there was kind of like this droll, sad feeling going on in the game. And then we turned around and we were at the, the Akron game the rain out for um, Scott Frost's first game. And it was like the place was back to life. And like, it just re-energized. I don't think just the fans of college football or the fans of Nebraska, but I think it re-energized a whole state. Like, and, and, and so just to be a part of that, um, which I don't know, may, might be a good time to talk about how that rain out was our fault. Oh, definitely. Yeah. We can get into those details. Yeah. So, this is a horrible way maybe to start a podcast of like, hey, everyone who feels like the rain out was maybe the reason that Scott Frost era got off to a slow start and has continued to have trouble. They couldn't build that momentum. Drew and I have kind of a tradition, I would say, where we go to um, Misty's before any football game, um, which is about as Nebraskan of a restaurant as you can get. Oh, definitely. Nowhere yeah. else is an appetizer cubes of prime rib. I've, I've never been to another restaurant where, you, I mean, they don't serve it with ranch, but I think you can get it with like horseradish and I'm sure they'll bring you ranch if you ask for it. But literally, if you haven't been, you can just get cubes of steak as your appetizer. 
so normally we start off at Misty's. We have a couple rounds of drinks. We eat lunch or whatever time we're there. And then, you know, we do the, we do the stadium tour where we go see the trophies that we've seen our entire lives. But it's always fun to... Oh, it never gets... Uh, that part never gets old. No. Checking out the weight room. Yep. Um, yeah, visiting the Heisman room. Yep. All of that. And then walking the track, um, throwing balls into the... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Try, yeah. Trying like to see if we're... Cu- cutting in line in front of, like, <laughs> five-year-olds. See, like, yeah. my dream's not dead either. You yeah. Know, I still have hope. We still have our four years of eligibility. Yeah, absolutely. Who Somebody knows? might see me out here. You, yeah, imagine if Verduzco was out walking the track before the game just to blow off some steam, and he sees two... 33-year-olds throwing the tightest spirals from 10 feet away into an inflatable hole. I mean... That's generally what he... I think that's what he looks for. (laughs) Well, you know, he's like, hey, that guy's shifty, and, you know, the other guy's (laughs) big-bodied. So, (laughs) you know, that guy, it only took him 12 days to do a backflip on a balance beam. Yeah. (laughs) So... That's an impressive trait. It only... You know, I could uh, could fight off seven, eight-year-olds to get to the front of the line... Um, to check a ball. So. Seven, eight-year-olds would be one 56-year-old. <laughs> so depending on how you look at it, or if you cut that in half, that's two 28-year-olds, if math. I'm doing my math that's right. Math. That's so That's Brandon Whedon's age. I don't that know is Brandon Whedon's age. <laughs> when he played for, Yeah, former quarterback yeah. and uh, one-time journeyman in the NFL. So, yeah, so instead of us doing the doing the normal activities... Uh, we thought, hey, it's the Scott Frost era, so let's let's get rid of the tradition of old, because that's what Nebraska is all about: is turning a, their back to tradition. And we decided to go to a different restaurant. We went to Hopcat. Yeah, that's where those that's where those worlds kind of collided for the first time, and yeah. and um, it led to a rainout. Yeah, like the world's most famous canceled game. During the rainout, Drew turned to me and he said, "Do you think this is our fault?" And I mean, yeah. I felt like it completely and totally was. So this podcast, we're going to hopefully win you all back. Hopefully. And by doing what we did originally to lose you. (laughs) We just drink drink craft beer and talk about Husker football. Yeah. And Misty's is not involved at all. No. Aside from, you know, the occasional shout out. So we've talked a little bit about our Husker familiarity. So let's talk a little bit about our... our, um, um, I was trying to blend beer and familiarity... Beer, 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 familiarity. I get it. That'll work. Okay. <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so what's what's our what's our history with beer? I mean, how how would you describe your uh, your relationship with craft beer and with you know you talked about local, you talked about um, that whole community. How would you describe your experience with that? Sure. Um, you know, so for me, it, it started with IPAs. It started with that craze. Um, you know, trying out Ranger for the first time. That was like my first craft beer that kind of opened my eyes. I was like, you know, this stuff is actually good. You know, there's something else to this. It's not all um, out there and it's it doesn't have to be mass produced beer. Like I can sit down and enjoy a beer and enjoy the flavors and pick them apart. Um, and so I moved on from there to focusing more now on, on enjoying local beers. You know, I think Nebraska has a ton of awesome, awesome stuff to offer now and we're growing you know, um, we're adding breweries by the month, it seems. Yeah. And so um, getting to kind of like focus more on that and on the, that local aspect has been really cool for me. Um, and then, you know, and then I, I enjoy brewing. I enjoy the science behind it and the, and the creation behind it, you know, and a, having an appreciation for like what goes into making a beer. Um, just how many 
styles there are out there and then how many variations on each style. Yeah. And um and you can you can go as you know, you go far out there and you can get like a milkshake IPA, right? And you go like to that end of the spectrum or you can have like a really classic pills and you can sit down and enjoy enjoy it just the same for a different um for different number of reasons. What I think is really amazing too when it comes to thinking about craft breweries and and as a home brewer yourself um how Subtle variances in like temperature and time and you talk about the science behind it, but for a brewery like an infusion to put out a consistent product in vanilla bean blonde or a brewery like um, cross drain to put out fairy nectar and have it be a consistent beer time after time with it still being a local brewery and they're still experimenting like there's still a, a margin of error that they can't they can't operate within like they have to still be almost perfect on, on that product to deliver that time after time with such a large audience of the state itself. And I know you as a, as a craft brewer, I mean, uh, as, as a home brewer as well, you know, that the timing and everything like that, everything that goes into that is just so fascinating. And like, I'm happy to be there to help lift heavy things, but the actual timing and the when to do what into, you know, the dry hopping and the mixing in and the, just all of that, like, I have such an appreciation for that when the end product comes out, you know, even even drinkable like that. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's and when when I brew a beer, right? Like my end goal is to make it drinkable, which is a pretty low bar. Um, but it, and it, and it, for me, it's it's an eight hour day, six hour day. Um, five to seven of those hours are cleaning and preparing, and the rest is just sheer panic and <laughs> tons of errors. Like it's. I mean, everything, everything goes wrong, right? And so to do that then on a massive scale, you know, when you are trying to hit this very specific target and to be able to do that consistently um, with, a, with a high quality beer that many people appreciate with something like Fairy Nectar, like you said, or, um, you know, Vanilla Bean is, it's impressive. It really is. And then, and then on the side to, to be continually churning out new creations, you know, and experimenting and having fun. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, it, it, it almost pairs too perfectly, right, with, with Husker football. So you've got these people who are um, these young men and these coaches who are devoting so much time. And I want to specifically say that the student athletes who are devoting time not just to playing football, but they're also devoting time to bettering themselves through education. And they're devoting themselves to creating these careers maybe outside of football as well down the road. They're investing in, in themselves. They're investing in the product on the field. They're supporting an entire community. And so when you're sitting down and you're watching a game, you know, and you think about what can I pick up to drink and enjoy during the game that'll increase that celebration, craft beer, local craft beer to me is the, is the obvious answer. I just absolutely love bringing those two things together. And, and I think they just blend so beautifully. And then you think about the, the agriculture of Nebraska and the hardworking spirit and the guys who grow their own um, ingredients or source that from a local uh, farmer. And then that goes into the beer and it's just you're able to really, I don't know, just you're able to drink the state. And I know that sounds kind of, yeah, that's, it, it sounds, sounds awesome. It's, it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the state, yeah. It, it's so it's like, it's just this cool experience to be able to pair those two things together and, and appreciate um, the end product on both spectrums where it's like so much work went into this and even the smallest error is going to uh, ripple out. Um, and so, need to be perfect and the need to execute and the need to like they just they they blend into each other so well and so to me it's a natural fit right to have craft beer and college football I mean just as a whole when you're when you're talking about any location I think they just pair so well together 
So we shared a little bit about why we wanted to do this podcast from a Nebraska football perspective. Uh, it's something that we just love to talk about. Um, and we've talked about why we wanted to do a beer podcast. It's something we like to drink and talk about. Um, but we want to talk about another thing that, that really intrigues us, and that's how statistics can kind of paint a picture for us as, as college football fans and as Nebraska fans. So often, college football fans and sports fans in general, they'll kind of wax poetic about how they feel about a team or a situation or project what's going to happen the next week based on what they saw on the field and, and more of their uh, overall emotions and things of that nature. And, and what we like to also look at from our perspective, and I know a lot of other people do as well, are statistics and see how those stats can tell a story. So occasionally throughout this podcast, we're going to bring interesting stats to you, kind of give our impression of, of how that can further impact the team. And Drew's brought something that's a, a really great look into the 2020 season and how that can help improve into the 2021 season. So Drew, take it away. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're going to talk about a really fun stat today. This comes from the year of 2020, which we're all familiar with. Um, Nebraska, year. Best yeah, year. oh, wonderful, wonderful year for um, Nebraska, coming in with that three and five record, and part of that um, came from their 2.8 fumbles per game. Is that bad? Um, if if I were to tell you there's 130 teams in the FBS, mm-hmm. and Nebraska had 2.8 fumbles per game. Where do you think that would rank among those teams? Is one good or bad? <laughs> so, um, where do, where would you say with one twenty seven? Is is the hundred twenty seventh team the best team, or is the the first team the best team? One hundred twenty seventh is like the absolute worst. Okay. The only teams that that Nebraska did better than were New Mexico State, Connecticut, and Old Dominion. And the only reason Nebraska did better was because those teams didn't play a single game. And don't qualify. I don't like how you framed it. So when you said, is that bad? Like, I wanted to say yes, but it's worse than bad. It's literally the worst. Literally the worst. Um, Dead last in fumbles per game, and it wasn't even close. So 126 on the list was Duke. They came in with 2.4, which means every single college football team in the FBS was closer to 2 than three, except for Nebraska. Oh. And of the 127 teams, only 13 teams averaged two or more per game. So, like, there's 100 and, I don't know, 114 teams that just played football. There were 13 that played football and fumbled a lot, but there was Nebraska who played football and fumbled all the goddamn time. Okay, I guess we're pulling that language out. <laughs> when we're talking about fumbles, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. The only the only statistic that we can talk about with Nebraska and fumbles where Nebraska really shines is the fumbles that they didn't lose in a game. Okay, so... And we ranked terrifying. number one in that. It's, we were number two, so we weren't even the best. But we did, but we did great in that category. Um, but then when you think about that, right? Like, so Nebraska fumbled almost three times a game. Mm-hmm. They only lost half roughly of those fumbles so you think about how much worse off they could have been so what is what is that 2.8 with nebraska versus that 2.4 with duke and those 13 other teams that are above two what does that tell you about fumbles like what does that tell you about nebraska and fumbles it's well to me it's hard to pinpoint right because like fumbles can come from anywhere they can be fluky um they can be because of poor 
play calling, poor play design, poor execution. Um, I guess ultimately what it comes down to, though, I think is is that execution. It's the mental mistakes that are happening, whether it's coming from the coaching, you know, putting people in a poor position or it's the players not doing what they're supposed to do. So do you feel the the excessive amount of quarterback run had something to do with those fumbles? Absolutely. Yeah. And we can if we if you want, we can get into those stats. Yeah, too. let's do it. Um, OK, so if we're looking at quarterback run, Martinez and McCaffrey in 2020, they accounted for 156 rushing attempts. Um, if you take away Wandale's rushing attempts, running backs, true running backs, had 122 rushing attempts. So they had 40-some less attempts than the quarterbacks. And if you're leaning that heavily on your quarterbacks and this sort of um, you know, pseudo running back in Wandale, you're setting yourself up for these mistakes. I think this is where all the fumbles are coming from. Yeah, I mean, they're putting themselves in harm's way when that's not their position's job. Yeah, and I and I, I think not just that, but I think it also it speaks to um, kind of I think what the coaching staff saw they were working with as far as what they had in the backfield. Um, I don't I don't imagine that they wanted to run the quarterbacks that much or wanted Juan Dale as their primary rusher, you know, outside of Diedrich Mills. I I think they probably wish they had somebody that they could count on, and it just didn't happen last year, and so it sort of you know culminated in just all these mistakes occurring. And again, we like Nebraska was lucky that they didn't lose more fumbles than they did. I know this is going to sound weird, but I also find that the number of fumbles being so extreme for Nebraska to be dead last, to me that's almost um, a, a reason to be kind of optimistic. Like it's okay to think this is coachable. There, there's every other team, like we're against the trend. We're against the curve. So it's coachable to hang on to those balls. It's coachable to not make those, coachable to make not those mental mistakes. And now that we have uh, more protection for Martinez uh, in the pocket and we have a lot of options at running back that we're going to be able to try out, whereas I didn't feel like we had maybe as many guys that were ready um, to answer the call. Now we have a lot of guys and it's a more matter of who's going to be our cowbell um, and then you've got all these big-bodied receivers, so you've got these quick slants. You've got Torre in the slot, who is going to be a quick, easy out. You've got uh, Austin Allen, who really proved himself as a quick out. You've got um, guys like Omar Manning and Xavier Betts, and you've got Hickman. Um, you've got this whole like crew that now you're feeling like, okay, they've got time on their hands. They've got this system under their belt. So if we can swing the pendulum from that fumbles just to get back to maybe below two, so we're averaging 1.8 a game and we're losing half of those, we're losing one, then when we get into a lot of these one-score situations and these one-score games, maybe that's when things start to swing into our favor again, where, where these 50-50 games where we walk with our heads hanging low, we're like, we're walking out as the victor, right? And, and so maybe this thought of really focusing on fumbles and trying to figure out why. Is it play calling? Is it personnel? Is it coaching? What is it? And, and maybe it's all three that kind of gives a little secret to success where we can start to see the turn of the tide. So pointing it out as a, as a, as a pitfall might help in the long run to really swinging and turning the Scott Frost era around. Um, what we'll also see is, yeah, close games. I mean, a turnover makes all the difference in a, in a one score game. Um, and, and, you know, hopefully, hopefully we correct them enough eventually where we're not even talking about, one score games right we're not looking at like man if we could just get to 500 in a one score game it's like 
if we could just have a couple one score games against good opponents each year, you know, th- that's what we're trying to progress towards. Yeah. Well, you think about, you know, all the Husker teams of, of old and the ones that were dominant teams, they had one score games as well. I mean, there were, there were bouts with Oklahoma and there were bouts with Texas and there were bouts with the big guys that, that they came down to one score. And so even when you're playing at an elite level, you're not going to be the only person out there being elite. So saving your one score games for when it's one of those guys, let's, let's focus in on that. Right. And doesn't that make a much more entertaining season? Right. Like, I mean, to me, like I love, I love watching Nebraska win and I like watching Nebraska kick people in the teeth and put them down. Like I do, right. That makes me feel good. I know I have zero to do with it, um, but it feels great. I also love looking forward to huge competitions, you know, squaring off toe to toe with the big guy. And we have not been able to do that for the longest time. And, and so, yeah, getting back to that, that's, you know, that's what I want. And I, and, you know, obviously we're, we're a long way from that. Um, but I, well, we do have these, you know, these numbers we can look at and we can kind of follow along and see, okay, are we, are we moving in the right direction? Are we getting get back to, to where we want to be? Yeah. And, and again, I think looking at those numbers are, it's vital in doing that. You have, you have to see that scoreboard. So switching gears back from Nebraska football to craft beer, um, with each episode, we plan on exploring the craft brewers across the state of Nebraska, um, when we face off against certain opponents, we'll match up beers with beers from that local opponent as well. So you'll see a Nebraska beer go head to head with uh, an Oklahoma beer or a Northwestern beer or something from that college. And uh, we were really fortunate for this first episode to actually be invited out to Hardington, Nebraska to meet Big Hair Brewhouse. And we met them their opening weekend. They were gracious enough to have us come out on a, on a Saturday morning after they opened on a Friday. Those guys didn't leave until 3 a.m. on Saturday morning, technically, and they came back and met with us. Yeah, and and Reed came in eating a cheeseburger naturally, right? Like, yeah. Um, no, it was it was really great of them to to pair up with us for this, um, and to to invite us to to join them for a couple of drinks and an interview. You know, we figured, hey, you're new, we're new. Um, you know, we have this common interest, and we we wanted to get to know them and and help get their name out there. And I think we made a pretty good choice with, with what we found in them. Yeah. So on that note, Drew, tell us about what we're drinking. What, what did big hair brew house send home with us? Um, yeah, so we're drinking a cream ale, uh, by them. It's called fields of gold. Uh, it is a creation of reeds that is incredibly approachable. It's so enjoyable. Um, if you're looking for a beer, if you're not into the craft beer scene yet, and you're looking for a beer, that's kind of a nice transition into the craft beer scene. Um, this is, this is that beer for you. Now, you know, cream males in general might be the way to go, but I think that, um, you know, big hair really hits it on the head. Absolutely. I think one of the things that scared me at first with craft beer was the bitterness and the hoppiness and like, oh, am I drinking a pine cone? Like to a lot of people, craft beer is that. It's IPAs. And that's what it was for me too. Um, and I enjoyed that, but I can, I can see where people wouldn't. And, and not all craft beer is that way. And Big Hair, you know, at least for now, they're focused on those really classic styles and, and getting them right. And I think they did. They've got, you know, they've got this Fields of Gold, which is the cream ale again. Um, it's, it's 50% corn, right? So, like, there's a Nebraska quality for you if there ever was one. Um, but then we also got to try a Pills with them. And we got to try an Amber Ale. And all of those were, you know, true to the original, yeah. They weren't they weren't over the top by any means, but they were all 
you know, just very enjoyable, very they're, palatable and distinct. Yeah, they're drinkable, right? They're beers that you drink, you get a nice pla- flavor profile with, but you're not going, ooh, this is assertive or this is too aggressive or this isn't something that I can have with dinner or this isn't something I could take home and share with friends. They were all really accessible. And so we went home with the cream ale because that was, I think it was our favorite. I mean, it just, it was something that you could just like a good old boy sit on the porch and slam back. You could, and we did, right? Yeah. Like we all did. And we got into, we got into a lot longer of a conversation, I think, than any of us bargained for. Yeah. So. so if you're ever looking for uh, a beer that has a nice maltiness, doesn't really have the bitterness, there's a little sweetness to it. And then occasionally you'll get some fruit flavors, like some orange peel or some lemon. Um, a cream ale is a really great place to start um, as the beer comes to temperature. If you're not drinking it super quick, you're going to start to taste more of those fruit notes. And, and as the beer comes to life in that sense, but when it's cold, man, they are, they are really poundable. So we're going to turn it over now to ourselves from Hardington. Uh, and we're going to check in on that interview. We hope you guys really enjoy that. All right. So this is Ben and Drew coming to you guys from Hardington, Nebraska at Big Hair Brood House. We are joined by Brett and Reed, uh, who had an awesome opening night last night, uh, the grand opening. Um, so, guys, thank you so much for having us. Just thank to get, get kind of going. Yeah, thank you. Tell us, tell us, guys, about yourselves, introduce yourselves, and, and what your guys' roles are at, uh, at Big Hair. Yeah, so I'm Brett Wiedenfeld. Um, my real job is I'm the chief financial officer of the Bank of Hardington. So, oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> How'd you get the loan for this place? <laughs> It was very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I guess I'm married. My wife, Leah, did most of the designing on the brew house. So shout out to her for that. I have two kids, Kate and Max. So they're in elementary school. So it keeps us busy. But that's uh, generally that's mostly me. And I really love craft beer. So Awesome. Yeah. And I guess I'm owner of the brew house. So... Uh, I'm reading, and uh, oh, and uh, I'm uh, engaged to be married this next uh, next Memorial weekend. Congratulations! And thank you. Congrats. And uh, we have a dog. <laughs> it's a very <laughs> nice dog. It, it, he's it's a very, very nice. nice What's dog. your dog's name? Uh, Skeeter. Skeeter. Yeah, he's yeah. a cockapoo. Nice. He uh, he keeps his keeps us on his toes. Keeps us alive, you know. And uh, my uh, role here, I guess, at Big Hair Brew House is make sure everything's. Uh, Make sure the building's standing, I guess. I, uh, I brew the beer and uh, sling drinks. So, And uh, uh, I spend my life here. And, uh, and I'm, I'm also, during the construction period, I, was, I became down here from Brookings as a part-time brewer. And then I ended up being a carpenter, uh, a plumber, <laughs> an electrician, and uh, deconstruction crew. So it was, uh, it was a good time. Yeah, he uh, he's retired from that job yes. now. Yeah, and I am no longer in construction, so please do not call me about it. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I think he chose the right industry, yes. the brewing. Yeah. 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 Right. So that's kind of us in a nutshell, yeah. awesome. I guess. So Very simple cool. folks trying to have a good time. Yeah. 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 Perfect for sure. That's what we like to hear. Um, so okay, so we have three beers in front of us, which is it's 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 ten thirty in the morning, and there are seven beers on this ta- eight <laughs> beers on this table. <laughs> Um, so we just kind of want to hear what we're drinking. Um, I know we have an amber ale. Yep. So uh, your amber glow is a uh, amber ale that was the third beer that we made. Um, it was uh, inspiration from uh, Alaskan amber. 
uh, it was used all with our two track malt that we get from Bismarck, uh, North Dakota, and uh, used uh, Saz and Cascade hops for that. So it was uh, work in progress, as all three of these are. Um, it was just simple beers trying to get through our system that we had no idea how to work at first. So first <laughs> well, beer was a total just like shot in the dark. So did you Which guys, I, when you guys came into the brewery here, did you switch up to like bigger equipment from a smaller scale? Yep. So adjustment? we, uh, we, uh, up in Watertown, a shout out to my, my friend Jay, he, uh, sold us <laughs> this super makeshift, uh, Sankey keg. Uh, we called it Frankenstein. Um, it was a three vessel, um, homebrew system that legitimately was just three Sankey kegs with the top cut out and a whole bunch of ports and everything like that. And then uh, we uh, got that all put together and it was in my friend's garage because I was living above a bar at the time. And so, and uh, the garage didn't have uh, running water, uh, electricity, (laughs) you know, (laughs) two things you need for a brewery. Pretty essential. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just say our uh, output wasn't huge. No. Our our output was uh, four subpar beers. That uh, I only gave to my friends because they're the ones that drink them. So, <laughs> but so we had, one, one was pretty good. Yeah, we one we was did, pretty yeah. good. Yeah, and then uh, none of them were unfortunately the ones in front of you. These ones were just. Uh, we got to the point where I told Brett, "I go, you give me a solid brewing equipment, and I can make you beer." But on this right now, I'm not. Tr- I can't trust this thing as far as I could throw it. So, it, it was just it was this big catastrophe, and and then we just decided, hey. You know, if we're going to do that, let's just put it in a 5,500-square-foot building. Yeah. And that, yeah. Like, you know, why not? Let's, that's just, yeah. let's yeah. just jump right into it. That's a bold a bold leap to make. From. <laughs> it was. <laughs> we also got a, we got the homebrew system for super cheap, too, which was nice. Well, that's and that was a And we had to rebuild it, too, after he took it all apart. So uh, we were actually going to have it here, but then uh, electrical inspectors said that was a no-no. So... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the thing will explode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely not uh, yeah. UL listed like yeah. at all. Yeah. Even unplugged, that thing is dangerous. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, the sharp keg top, you know, it's like. <laughs> There's definitely a few shock wires. So. Yeah. so take us back, I guess, a little bit to the genesis of, of Big Hair. I mean, where, where did the idea come from, as, as you guys were talking about? Even before this place was the the thought, and then sure. before you were born there, like um, where did where did big hair come about? I remember we were talking one night when I was living up in Brookings. We were talking on the phone, having a phone conference or whatever, and uh, and I just remember you shouting out that name, and I go, "Yep, sounds good." Yeah, that was pretty much. <laughs> I was, we were just like, "Well," because knowing me, I can't name anything worth to save my life. So this name, this place would probably be still unnamed if uh, <laughs> if it was my doing. So so, and I think you know, I guess. The broader question of like where you know how the whole thing came about is uh, you know Reed Reed was a brewer in Brookings and uh, he had made this great beer up there and uh, brought some growlers back of it with it of it whatever and uh, I had tasted it and I said you know this is excellent this is very very good beer and from that point on we just kind of started kept the conversation going and i guess i should mention that reed and i are cousins yes oh, okay. yeah, so we, that's we, why we, are, we yeah. my yeah. mom and Brett are first cousins so we're second yeah. so so that's why it's you know that that's how we have known each other you know for our whole lives sure. basically so Brett was the ring bearer in my parents wedding so they always say that and now you're saying it yeah. <laughs> i don't like <laughs> i'm 
35 years old. You must, <laughs> have, <laughs> must have done a great job then bringing, you, bringing those rings down yeah, the aisle. Did you have yeah. that beard also? When yes, you were, I did. Yeah. yeah. I was born with this beard. <laughs> and uh, so it's my best attribute. And that's kind of the naming mechanism is, you know, we just well, kind of look at each other. And Reed, literally until like so 10 days ago, Reed I, had like a ton of hair. And now he looks like uh, a combination of Tommy and Arthur Shelby off of Peaky Blinders. <laughs> I think. <laughs> so, you know, and, I just uh, want him to talk like that, like Arthur Shelby, all the time. Yeah. Like, Peaky, that's Peaky <laughs> fucking Blinders. <laughs> so, yeah. But, so that's. No, so and, that, then, that, and then yeah. I did have a beard for a while and it was crappy and gross. And then uh, I decided one day to shave it down to a mustache. And then I come. For uh, his dad's 60th birthday party, and he looks at me, and goes, "Oh, so we're going with that now." I go, <laughs> yeah. I go, I go "Yep, yeah. Tom Selleck in the house, right yeah. here." Yeah, there you go. That's right. Yeah, and then that's so exactly, yeah, now, well now it's exactly in stone, right. so you're all right. Now that's on, on every logo. glass, and yeah, yeah it's now that's so. on our logo. We can't ever change anything about oh. our hair, so that's which is fine. And then uh, I mean, you did, but I guess I, I remember, can't. And then another, I remember one morning waking up after a hazy night of downtown debauchery in brookings and uh i remember looking at my phone and i go brett literally texting me he goes you want to start a brewery i go yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was just like yeah why the hell not yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Well, let's do it that sounds well those are the people that keep close right yeah you call up you say let's start a brewery you call up let's say let's start a podcast yeah there those are the go. friends you keep that's close. You. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's I right. Like I wish somebody would call me and ask me to start a brewery instead of a podcast, but I'll, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'll take what I can get. A buck so, a piece, right? That's, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> well, I want to hear what you guys think about that amber now that you're both finished with it. I mean, it, it went down very quickly. Yeah, I didn't have any problem with it. It was really smooth, nice malt. Yeah. You know, not, not terrible. I mean, it's designed to be a somewhat bitter beer, but yep. not in a sense where it's accosting or anything like that. It's really yeah. kind of too easy to drink, especially this early in the morning. Yeah, and I and it's I did kind of like a, you were you were talking about the mouthfeel about it being a little thinner, undercarbonated, and and I yeah I dug that. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, it was we uh, we only got approved brewing wise about a month and a half ago. That was May May fifth. May fifth. So not even so a month ago. Not even a month ago. So well, I mean these are these are fresh. A month today. <laughs> yeah, they're fresh. So then oh, we yeah. started oh, brewing. Yeah. We, started, yeah. we started brewing immediately and. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Tuesday, and then uh, it was uh, a Fast and Furious, and we yeah, but, but uh, we wanted we wanted to get a product out to the people by at least opening day, and uh, they they came out a little short on some parts. But uh, Brett calls me a perfectionist, but I yeah, guess, which is good, which which is I mean, good. But they're yeah, and they they did come out yeah a little below my expectation, but that's that's the way it goes when you got to yeah. get a product out to people. So. Wow. I mean, just it's a brand new system. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that I too. Mean, and you got you're gonna gotta listen to these guys because they're the ones that'll tell you if it's bad or not. Yeah, so. That's true. We'll be brutally honest. That's yeah, that's, you'll please. That's right. Yeah. Just I, by I looking at this. just what? by looking at Drew, I know that he can be very mean. That's true. He's got a temper. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have like certain styles that you're going after right now. A certain brew that you want to um, be known for. Uh, right now, uh, no. Yeah, I think no. I, I think Reed's kind of a a beer purist when it comes to, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the brewing techniques. I mean, you know, some breweries, it's, they're very sort of, uh, classic styles of beer. And then you get some breweries and every beer has to have a piece of pie in it. 
you know, or whatever. So I, I think we're kind of shooting for probably classic to start and yeah. then maybe get a little wild. I, I've unfortunately drank enough craft beer that uh, I know, yeah, finding good beers and tasting good beers and knowing the difference between good and bad beers, it's it, it comes with the trade. But, uh, yeah, we'll make as, as of right now, I want to not make the same beer again for right now. And then uh, come six months, um, look back and, See what beers they were kicking and what which beers were you know I don't think what we can do again. And I think if you I think if you didn't make these beers again, there would be public outcry. Um, so yeah. So, uh, <laughs> um, so so the Pilsner see. the Pilsner style ale um, that is brewed with um, Bow Valley hops, which is a small town just about five clicks up the road, and uh, we got those from well we got the, they're a wild hop strain that um, a group of farmers picked up. And they were growing them for a while, and then they uh, picked up all the ribosomes, as many as they could, and they threw them over. Not threw them, they gave them to uh, Ryan Heine over at Six Meridian Hops over in Yankton, and then he planted them. And then they're, uh, they're like kind of a noble hop blend, so kind of like a size or like a, a holler towel. And uh, it was funny. They, I was, it was a Saturday night, and we was already there for like four or five hours, and we were just starting to boil. And I go, you know what? Screw it. Let's let's throw some of these in here, and, and I was just like, whatever. It, it turned out. It, good, it, it turned I out think, fantastic. I think for being kind of a wild hop, that yeah, they and it was it was very good. Yeah, and yeah, which is normally you don't say that you do things on a whim, but that was a complete whim call. So. Yeah. What do you guys think? I'm assuming that's what I'm drinking right now, right? I believe so. A bit of the it'd be like the non-sweeter one. Yeah, they're kind of the same color. What I really like on that one is is that finish. I think that's where. That's, there's kind of that unique yeah. hoppiness, that sure. pininess, that kind of wild, kind of you feel like you're walking through a little bit of a forest there. It's, it's got a really nice finish to it. That's what I really like is kind of getting that, that bitterness on the back end. Sure. It kind of fills that, that mouth feel, that mouth space. Yeah. It's really nice. And then the cream ale was our first beer that we put through the system. I uh, finally I got the whole system put together, and then I was just like going to do this like, like dry water runs or whatever the system. I'm like, well, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to brew something. And uh, that one kept me up at night. Which, yeah, it was. Sorry, I gave a thumbs up over to Drew, and I kind of <laughs> yeah. that, that cream ale is really. It nice. was it was yeah. a, it was a learning experience for sure. Yeah. So I, I think that yeah, I think that's my favorite of the three too is the cream ale. So, but yeah. they're all really nice. But that cream ale kind of caught me off guard. <laughs> yeah, and Delicious. it's a little bit higher alcohol content, yeah. which it, uh, even uh, better. It's, it's, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's Nottingham usually stuck away from me. Yeah, so <laughs> oh, that's good. Glad you like it. Yeah. It's, great all three i mean especially you know you go to go to a new brewery and, and when they say you know they're they're just trying to get beer made and you don't always get that quality yeah. unfortunately but these are these are all three really nice thank you really thank nice you. beers so this this question um has kind of already been talked about a little bit but this is this is for you brett you know uh, i i was reading the uh, the cedar county news on your guys's announcement Sure. Um, and obviously they cited you as a farmer and both there and working at the bank. Do you guys have any plans of, of growing your own ingredients? I mean, is that something you guys have talked about? Um, we, we haven't really talked about it in depth just because of everything that's going on. But I think I think doing some hops at some I, point would be... I do want to grow some in my backyard. Um, <laughs> You're going to put the 20-foot poles up oh, and yeah, do it all? Yeah, I've got to interrupt because I've, I've presented this idea to my wife. Um, it was a non-starter, but... <laughs> So badly do I want to grow my own hops. They just take up so much space. Oh, yeah. They do. They yeah. do. And, it's, and they're very, 
they're so delicate too, you know. I mean, it's, it's just it's something that you would want to make sure that you didn't have any contact with any kind of pesticides or insecticides or that's the same thing. I don't know why I said it twice. Herbicides <laughs> is what I was trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, have. I mean, all the farmers listening really to this are like, wow, Brad. Yeah. That's geez. the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> they know their synonyms. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's well, right. One, one keeps the badger away. One keeps the bugs away. So. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, so no, I, think, so yeah, uh, I do what, I do have a place in my backyard. Uh, I have an itty-bitty yard, but I do have a place that I'd like to grow some vines. Um, what exactly, I'm not sure yet, but... Uh, my uh, old boss, Brant Mathiasen, who's uh, at Wooden Legs. And he he's, a, he's also a Harding He's native. also a Harding native as well. And we're both related to him, coincidentally. Um, True. You'll get that a lot here. Small town uh, yeah. Nebraska. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, 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 my parents said that, uh, you should have a sign that said, uh, welcome, you're, where you're, or welcome to Big Hair Brew House, where you treat like family, because you just might be. So, it's <laughs> <laughs> not bad. Right, you. We're, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, my grandma's from here and my dad my grandpa's from bloomfield and uh so the whole lot my mom's from newcastle so uh but um yeah pick up some ribosomes that grow well down here in nebraska and talk to taney's over at um top crop and see what we can all find and yeah yeah no i think it's i think that's make a, probably make, something that's important. maybe in a couple of years make a nice wet op ale really from really local hops would be really nice so yeah. um i kind of want to talk to you about that you're saying like you know you're in the community, everybody's family, right? Everybody kind of knows each other. If you're not related, you're you're related. Yep. Um, craft breweries are an important part of, of any community, um, and they're very community based. So, curious about um, you know, Big Hair. What's your what's your position here in Hardington? How do you fit in? You know, how do you see yourself as a, a part of this you know, small town? Well, I think yeah, I think uh, I guess everybody has been very excited and. Um, had a uh, great turnout last night, and I think tonight we're going to have a great turnout too. And uh, and I think we're just trying to be a place that is fun for everyone to come, no matter if they're a big craft brew fan or not or whatever. So obviously that's passion of ours, but you know, pretty much just a really fun hangout for you know um, everybody. So yeah, and I think a lot of it. I think people are intimidated. By craft beer and uh it's it's not a scary thing you know it, it is it is different and uh, especially coming to a small town where uh we're, we're in the land of bush light drinkers sure yeah. so um shout out to budweiser uh but uh <laughs> if you're listening if you're listening us. if you're listening uh I, i'll take it i'll take a shirt um but no um so introduce that was a big thing that we uh discussed a lot was how are we going to create a approachable venue where we can present a product that people normally don't drink right or even would even dare dip into and i think you can tell that with these first three beers too that reed brewed that they're they're all very familiar for for any kind of beer drinker to you know wrap their head around enjoying this type of beer i think i would say i think the idea of craft brewery or craft brews are is intimidating but once you're familiar, once you find a style you like, you learn like, okay, I, yeah, I can get in, I can get in with this. Sure. And there's, and providing a space for the community, um, it's a comfortable place yeah. to be. It's what you're, it's what you're looking for when you're looking for a good beer. Yes, and that's true. The unfortunate truth about craft beer is the only way to get into it is drink more of it. 
so I started off and, you know, started with uh, Summit EPA and like all the, the OG craft uh, pale ales and uh, like two-hearted fried PAs and stuff like that. And then I started getting into a beer share group with people, with a couple of uh, work friends. And next thing you know, I'm drinking, you know, uh, wild ales and lambics and stuff like that. Beers, beers that have been sitting on shelves for like years. And then it's like, oh yeah, let's crack into it and drink it. It's like... Okay. <laughs> this beer has been expired for four years. Oh, sure. Let's drink it. Yeah. No, it's been aging for yeah. four oh, years. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bottle aged, yeah. 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 No, then, I, well, the other thing, too, I was just going to say, as far as community goes, you know, I think, too, the town of Hardington, we're, we're really excited because, you know, we have the Globe Chop House just opened up, you know, just here uh, half a block away. And we have Nissan Winery just outside of town, which is a great winery. It's been going for they, quite a while. They, so we're they kind make of fantastic wine. They do make really good wine, and so we've been kind of having this growing synergy of kind of a, you know, hub. A, yeah, hub, a destination where you can come get craft beer, get great wine, get good food. You know, or so hopefully people, you know, in the community stay around, and and even people outside of the community want to come into Hardington to experience that. So and then. Uh, and then yeah, we 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 basically center middle, not center middle. That's uh, also two things. That's the uh, pesticide <laughs> insecticide <laughs> argument right there. Hashtag, redund- hashtag redundancy. Here we go again. Uh, so so Hardington <laughs> is in the middle of basically northeast Nebraska. So uh, north of us we have Yankton. They have Ben's Brewing Company, and there's opening up Brew Station, and then we have they have Backspace as well. And uh, Chris and Tyler and those guys and Ben, they all do a great job. And then there's us in the middle. And then down in Wayne, you have uh, Johnny Bird. Greg's doing a fantastic job down there. And then you have Divots in uh, Norfolk. And Jeremy Kirby's doing a great job there, which also he and Craig both helped us out a metric crap ton. Like, Jeremy yeah. kept me sane for this first beer. I go, uh, Jeremy, there's no bubbles. <laughs> There's no bubbles. Why is there bubbles? And yeah, we had a little tank, my uh, yeah. CO2 leakage. We had a little CO2, yeah. out, so. and I was just like, Jeremy, where are the bubbles? My two-year-old <laughs> says the same thing when he takes a bath. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, where are the bubbles? <laughs> and so, and so I call. We him. really never grow up, <laughs> do we? That's you know, <laughs> all we want is bubbles. Yeah. yeah. That's, and that's then he right. goes, "We'll read, taste the beer." I, I taste it. And he goes, "What does it taste like?" I go. Beer. He goes, all right, congrats, you made beer. Like, which, which that was actually the cream ale. Yeah, that was the really? cream, yeah, yes, that was nice. the cream ale. This, that, is, that it this just, is the beer that kept me up for probably three nights in a row. Yeah. And that's because even when I came down, I'm like, this is, de- it definitely happened. I mean, there's no question that it, because it, it, it even, I even like the taste of it. I mean, like right after fermentation. I mean, so I'm going, I think we got something here. I, I but I'm, so, not, yeah. I'm not an expert. We have a great craft beer community here, just industry-wise here in Northeast Nebraska and Southern or South um, South Dakota, that uh, we're all rooting for each other. So, um, so let's say that a University of Nebraska pulls their head out of their ass and they allow beer sales in Memorial Stadium, yeah. and we hand the keys to the kingdom to Big Hair Brew House. What would be the beer that you guys would choose to make for the university? And if you have a name in mind or, or what would you want to name it, I don't care if it's already a beer name out there or whatever it is, but what, what would be your, your vision for the University of Nebraska? That is a very that is a million very dollar question that I have a zero to dollars answer. answer. Well, and, 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 and I honestly think that uh, Fields of Gold would be what we would serve because it's very uh, smooth and has mass appeal. And obviously the corn Husker State 
fields of gold, cornfield, fifty percent corn, and it is brewed with corn. So I mean, that would that that was was. Was there supposed to be more discussion? No, I don't no. think there needs to be. I mean, <laughs> I think you nailed it. You are officially the Nebraska beer sponsor. There so you go. You guys we are we want right. to have that. the power to, to yeah. deem you. So uh, just start through just, these gates. I would comes I, your beer. There you so. go. I would. I would expect to hear a call from the chancellor next week. Yeah, uh, Ronnie uh, Green, we'll be in touch. Um, who's an avid listener Scott of our show. Scott Frost, four zero two three six nine three seven five seven. Give me a call. <laughs> Yes. Why don't you put the brewery number there, not your oh. cell phone number? <laughs> that was because I don't. Completely I don't, different that's, purpose. That's, 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 that's because I got four years of eligibility I, left. I, here, here we go. I retread. Can, I can walk on. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you guys are looking for somebody who can snap a ball. Yeah. <laughs> I was. I was. I wow. was. I was. I was. I was center in high school. So. I didn't know. I knew how to flick a ball back. So I did theater in high school. So I'm even more fitting to be. Did you just say you flicked balls in high school? <laughs> just that. I do know how to flick a ball back. <laughs> flick a ball back. All right. Hey, uh, but uh, no, we don't is, expect that phone that is, call. That is, that is, <laughs> <laughs> Scott Frost, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> we is frosty. Uh, we, I can tell you uh, that. No, uh, the answer, well, other than yeah, the cream ale would be great. Um, but uh, to thoroughly answer, I don't know if that beer has been made. I, uh, we're always searching for perfection. At least I am. Yeah, no, I am. I'm not. So, yeah, no, you I, are. I'm not. No. <laughs> just look. Well, I mean, you just, chose Reed as a partner, so right. I mean, I, there you go. I yeah. say, just look at me. I'm on the logo. I am not searching for perfection. Searching so. for contentment. Could, yes, that's I right. would say if this if the cream ale was at Nebraska for a game day, oh, I sure. would drink the ever loving shit out of that. That yeah. is so good. Thank you. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you very that's, much. That's yeah. that's a really good bridge from. You know, if you've like you were talking about kind of introducing guys in the community to a new beer and like making craft beer uh, not intimidating. This is a great beer in itself, but then you also get that added depth. There's like a creaminess feel- feeling to it. It's got a beautiful finish. I mean, and it just kind of makes me want the next sip. So, I mean, that's that would be an excellent choice. Well, guys, we appreciate so much for you taking the time on your opening weekend to sit down with us and, and chat with us. And, and I, we've had I mean, this couldn't have gone better for a. A first episode yeah, for us no, as, as a first interview. This has been an absolute blast. Too much fun. This is, much fun. Yeah. <laughs> this has definitely been a first for me. And uh, next thing you know, we have a walk on wannabes uh, <laughs> with Brett and, Brett and Reed. So this is the big, big brew hair house. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys no, we yeah. Thanks for coming this up. Is, this is, yeah, this is I, fun, I can so. I can guarantee you that we'll be back and and if. God willing, this goes on to a second season. I think this might be the way to kick off next year, too. I Absolutely. Know how you, guys want, you guys want to come anytime, let us know. Oh, we appreciate you guys make great beer and, and we'll right come, out of the gate. And that's, we can come down to Omaha, too. So. Yeah, we'd take you on a tour. I do have a car. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, All right. I, I, shout, out, shout out to my 1994 pickup. <laughs> With that, we're going to go ahead and, and uh, send it back probably to ourselves uh, on the rest of this episode. So thanks, guys. So that was our interview with Brett and Reed of Big Hair Brewhouse. We, ex- again, want to extend a great thank you to those guys for welcoming us out. Uh, and I also want to thank Katie, um, who's Reed's fiance. She was behind the bar. She welcomed us in, too, gave us a quick tour. She made sure to take care of us while we were recording. She's probably going to have to take care of Reed and, and, and Brett after their grand opening because, um, from the sounds of it, they had a, a excellent grand opening. In she the- Yeah, she manned the bar while we took them away from yeah. it. So, yeah, she was wonderful. Um, yeah, Reed and Brett were great, too, and I, I think 
what you gain from the interviews. Like these are some just a couple of really great guys to sit down and have a beer with. And I think that's who you want making your beer. Yeah. They well, understand what it's about. One of the things I wanted to ask you, Drew, about the interview was Reed had mentioned that while he was making um, the pills, that he was given a batch of wild hops. And it wasn't a part of his recipe, but he decided to just throw them in anyways. Is that is that normal? Is that something you do as a as a brewer? That's ballsy. That's something you. I. I no. I don't know. I don't know if you do that. That's something that Reed does when yeah. he. I don't, you know, and, and he did it right. Right. Yeah, like he, he executed really it well. Um. But yeah, I don't like when I'm brewing beer. If if anything is off by you know a hop addition is off by a minute, and I'm I'm freaking out. And so that, you know, that takes some courage certainly, but I think also familiarity, which is with the craft. And again, he pulled it off. He really did. That pills was delicious, and the wild hop really added kind of a surprise to the to the final taste of that beer. Yeah, that's something you're not going to get anywhere yeah. else. And I and I think that that speaks to maybe the spirit of brewing beer. There's like this renegade bootlegging quality that um, Reed and his mustache brought to the table, and then Brett with with his personality and you know his backing of of Reed and just saying, "Hey, I know that I'm going to give you the equipment and the space you need as as your backer." I'm going to get people in the door and they're going to fall in love, Reed, with what you bring to the table. I mean, I think those guys are such a great pair. They're great for Hardington and they're great for Nebraska craft breweries. I agree. They're great. They're great for us. You know, we got yeah. to we got to enjoy them. Um, and, and we really hope that anybody listening to this, you know, makes the trek out there. Oh, yeah. And, and checks them out. Well, you get to hit Wayne on the way out there. So you've got Johnny Bird. Um, you've got those guys out there. There's other breweries up north. You can you can drink so many great beers just touring the state of nebraska so we really appreciate brett and reed for their hospitality and katie as well for for taking care of the bar while we stole those guys for um what was supposed to be 30 minutes wound up being like two and a half hours and for the way too many beers we drank at 10 in the morning yeah so thanks guys thanks for that drew before we go we need to talk about our season-long giveaway yeah let's do it so i hold in my hand a game used nebraska football that we will be giving away at the end of our first season of wannabe walk-ons each episode, we will be giving you, our listeners, a chance to win the football, plus any brewery swag we pick up along the way. For this week's episode, email wannabewalkons at gmail.com. That's wannabewalkons with no dashes, no spaces at gmail.com with your favorite Nebraska craft beer. Make sure to include your first and last name. Each email we receive will count as one entry. And remember, there are no wrong answers. We'll be selecting the winner randomly from all the entries through the course of the season. Each listener can enter once per episode. Just make sure you tune in next week for your second chance to enter. So that's it. That's our show. Thank you to everyone who tuned in for our first episode. We want to thank Brett and Reed from Big Hair Brew House for Thanks, taking. Brett. Th- Thanks, Reed. Sorry. <laughs> we want to thank them for taking their time on their opening weekend to sit down with us, as well as thank all of you, the listeners, who tuned in to our brand new podcast. We hope to have you all back next week, so don't forget to follow us on social media at Wannabe Walk-Ons and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And remember, do your part and support small businesses by drinking local. If you have any brewers that you want us to try, just visit us at wannabewalkons.com and fill out the contact form. Tune in next week as we begin our 2021 season preview with Nebraska's non-conference opponents and explore more local craft beer. He was Drew. That was Ben. And we need a sign-off. Oh, shit. Um, what about Drink Big Red? Ooh, I love it. Drink Big Red. Wanna be a walk on?